the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A quick look around our society and culture, and you tend to lose hope. Living with hope will be the subject of our time today, here on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Join us. The social landscape tends to look rather bleak as you stare out at it, doesn't it? Yet, we can still have hope. And how we live with that hope is the subject of our time, here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Welcome to the broadcast. If you would, join us here in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3-9. to 9. Living with hope. Now that's an encouraging thought, isn't it? Well, stick around and be encouraged with us, won't you? Here's Pastor Phil Howard now with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. I want to speak on living hope this morning out of First Peter. And uh, I was just thinking about what do you got hope in that keeps you living year in and year out? You know, youth is full of hopeful dreams. Sometimes it's disappointing with people as they get older. Their gray hair represents the disappointments of life. That sometimes it can represent, I had a thousand dreams of which none came true. I had three nightmares and they all did. (laughs) Probably not a day in which young people had less hope than today. What are they hopeful about? I don't think there's a lot of hope in our culture. It's a culture of death. It's a culture of despair. I think the sunset is on much of the western World, because of its rejection, I think of God. But I often think of what people hope in. When you're young, it's easy to hope in your body, hope in your looks. I, I often see young men that can work so hard, and uh, I hear older men saying, Watch your back, one disc being slipped and removed, and you'll respect your back more than ever. Uh, but when you're young, oh, I'd say 20, 22, you know, you're awesome. You're going to live forever. And then you start writing checks with your ego that your body cannot cast. And your ego is bigger than your muscles. And you start finding out, uh, I do need help. Some of these folks, you think they're taking an overnight case. You think they've got uh, their night clothes in it. No, it's pills to survive. And so youth and age, it is something that if you live long enough, you're going to get old. And when you get old, all earthly strength was, you won't have much hope in it. You'll do good to get up the stairs. Uh, I think of last week, I'm having a 50,000 mile checkup, you know. Uh, one day I, I sat in a dentist chair for three hours. Uh, three days later, I had my eyes checked. Had my hearing checked Monday. You know, uh, they recommended a new engine, but I said, I'll wait. I've got to die to get the new engine. And, uh, and I'm still awesome. <laughs> and I'm still young. <laughs> but what about getting old? 
Is there hope in age? Is there hope in strength? Is there hope in uh, what you used to be able to do? Well, it, it, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's gone. So quickly, life is that way. Uh, what's your confidence in? Money? Riches? Uh, a well-off retirement? The Bible says, soon as you set your eyes upon wealth, they take the wings of a bird and fly away. Overnight, the stock market can crash. Overnight, uh, all your savings can be taken. Money is a terrible security for hope. It won't last. We're living in certain times. Burkett still says it's all going to crash. And uh, all you folks that remember depression know it's going to crash. When? I don't know. It's not real exciting if you listen to all the reports. Uh, something else, I don't know, when I was a kid, uh, I didn't think folks hardly ever died because no one in our family died. And then we begin to have deaths. My grandfather, I remember, so the first death I really remember, my grandfather Howard. When he died, it seemed like there was a series of deaths, both in the church and in our family, that all of a sudden uh, I had an era there that every time the phone rang at our house, I thought, who's died? Who's died? Now, I wasn't a Christian, and it scared me to think of dying without Christ. I knew I wasn't prepared to meet God. Death. Uh, some of you young people are going to bury your folks this year. Some of you are going to bury a grandparent this year. We bury Robbie Robinson tomorrow at 11 o'clock. He's been buried down south. We're going to have a memorial service here at 11. Betty and the children and all of you that can come, please be with the family. 11 o'clock here. But what do you hope in? Money, health, relationships. Boy, aren't relationships wonderful, but aren't they uh, so temporal? You get your best friend, and as soon as you start having chemistry with them, and you feel close, they have a job transfer. Or they up and die on you. They weren't supposed to do that. Or there's a misunderstanding. Nothing any more fragile than the way we think about each other. The most fragile things in this life are relationships. One beef can end the relationship of 30 years. It just goes that quick. One beef can end a marriage of 30 years. What's certain? What can you put your hope in? Where can you get something that I know this will be there for sure? I have a hope my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ's righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ's solid rock I stand, and let the storms of life come. Let the billows overwhelm my soul. My hope, I only tremble on the rock. The rock never trembles beneath me. Where can you find that sure, sure rock? Well... Peter says you can find it in verse 3 in three persons. They happen to be the Godhead. He said the Father of all mercies wants to give you a living hope. Our hope comes from the God of mercy. He said our hope comes from the fact that God raised Jesus from the dead. And if he can make a dead man alive again to never die. To be seen of 500 witnesses on one occasion. To be seen over 40 to 50 days before Pentecost. Thomas touched his hands. They handled his body. They ate food together. He walked through doors in an upper room. He's been seen by many infallible proofs. If God can raise the dead, 
and is given Christ as that example. He says, you can have hope in God for Christ, and if I die, I shall rise again. So he says, now the Father of mercies has given us a hope through the new birth that's based upon the living, resurrected Christ. Our faith isn't built upon uh, finding some tomb somewhere. Our hope is built on what's out of the tomb. Christ is out of the tomb. He's alive. He's well. Now, we haven't put our faith in dead men's bones. Christ, in 90 AD, was seen on the Isle of Patmos, alive and well. 90 AD, 60 years after Calvary, John saw him, hair white as wool, eyes burning, feet like bronze. And when he spoke, it was like many waters. There was no death rattle in his voice. There was no age. He's the ancient of days, but he never gets old. I am that I am that I am. He's ever present. I ask you, have you found the source of hope? Now let me explain what hope is. Uh, It's not wistful thinking. That's the way we, I hope you buy me a gift for my birthday. You you use it that way. I hope somebody comes over to see us. That's wistful thinking. But biblical hope is the firm confidence right now in the present about the future. But it's, it's a confidence about good things will happen to me in the future. And they're based upon the promises of God. So hope would be like this. I'm optimistic about the future because I have God's word about what's going to happen to me in the future. You know, fear and worry feeds on what might happen tomorrow. Fear and worry breed on tomorrow. What might happen? But listen, two minutes before you're a child of God, two minutes before the new birth, if you ask me, if you at 14 years of age, if you'd ask me, what is your future that you know for sure? I would say, one, I'm lost. I've never taken Christ as Savior. I've rejected him. I don't want him for 14 years. I didn't think I could be a Christian. I thought you had to be nearly perfect, that only good people went to heaven, and I knew I wasn't good. By the way, anybody can get a good person to heaven. Only God can get a sinner there. Jesus came to die for sinners, not for good folks. You're weak. See, I'm back, folks. I'm an antiphonal preacher. You're supposed to amen. If you can't amen this stuff, tell me I'm wrong. But then I'll say, you're wrong, because i got Bible for it. We weren't good while we were without strength, while we were without Christ, while we were haters of God. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. God deliver me from running with Pharisees. I can't stand them. I'd rather be around a few sinners and tax gatherers. Howard Hendricks used to say, I've got to visit the Dallas Cowboys locker every once in a while and hear a few hells and damns to remind myself of where I came from. Huh? I wasn't always in church, and neither were you, honey. You show it. We know you've been out there. Christianity isn't for squeaky clean folks. It's for sinners who say, I need a great Savior. It's for people who say, I'm guilty as charged. Can you find me a pardon? Run to the cross. You can find a pardon. 
Where do you get living hope? From the God of all mercy. From a living, resurrected Christ. From the Holy Spirit that brings about a new birth. The source of my hope is not my money, my pedigree, anything the stock market is saying. My hope is in Christ. For the moment I became born again, guess what I could say? I know for sure I'm going to heaven. This is two minutes after I've been saved. Two minutes before I said, I'm going to hell. And I was right two minutes before. I was saying then, two minutes before, I thought I was going to see the tribulation because I got saved in 58 during the Suez Canal conflict. I thought we were going to world war. I knew I was going to be blown up. But two minutes after I got saved, I said, let the bombs go. It doesn't matter. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. Slay me, I'm with him. I will live forever. Two minutes after I was born again. You talk about hope. After that, let the phone ring and tell me a loved one had died in Christ. After that, tell me I was going to die and I could say, I like to hang around with some loved ones I've got, but I've got something over there far better. That's why we stayed in love with heaven. We were more in love with heaven than we were mutual funds. We didn't have any. We were more in love with treasures over there than possessions down here. Because heaven was where our riches were. He goes on and he starts telling you the substance of our hope. What we hope for. He says, God is reserving for you an inheritance in heaven that cannot rot. It's literally the word. It cannot be subject to decay. It cannot be defiled. And it means to be stained. You know what I love about a new tie? There's no gravy stains on it. Uh, I love new things. Uh, don't you like things before they get stained? I know some guys that keep their ties in the refrigerator. They've got so much food on it. <laughs> you know. But I love it when it's unstained. I like new stuff. Uh, and he says, we've got an inheritance that can't rot, can't get polluted and be stained. And it won't ever fade away. And God is keeping it up there in heaven. Part of my hope is, I'm going through this land. And if you ask me where I'm going, I said, I'm going to a place. You say, where is it? I said, it's the third heaven. There's three heavens. The first one you see by day, it's where the birds fly. The second heaven you see by night, it's where the stars are. The third heaven is where God's throne is, and you see it by faith. But there's only one you go to when you know him. And he says, I'm going to a place. But what you're going to get? I've got an inheritance over there. I don't know what all's in it. But part of my hope is I'm longing for the future. For like there's a giant Christmas tree over there. I've got some gifts because I haven't got all my salvation yet. I'm longing for it. I'm homesick at times for heaven. Have you ever been homesick for heaven? Have you ever been homesick in this life? There's nothing like homesickness can kill you. The only thing that removes it is to come close to the ones you miss. We're going to a place. He said this inheritance is reserved for the last time when Christ shall be revealed. I would say I have a hope that's time related. 
I'm not going to live forever. This earth isn't forever. I know there's coming a time when Christ shall come. And he shall institute his kingdom, his power, his heaven. It's just on a short run, there's coming a termination point. My hope is time-oriented. I'm looking forward to when Christ comes. When's the first time you heard he's coming? Some of you have been hearing it 50 years. You know what? When you, after you live for Christ for 50 years, you don't start doubting it. It just comes brighter and brighter and better and better. You don't feel like you've been fooled. It's the thing that's kept you going. It's a living hope. It's a hope that is centered on a person. What is my hope built on? I'm going to see Christ in the future. I'm going to be with him. Now, these are great, great things. No matter if I die, no matter if it's cancer, heart attack, no matter if I lose everything, no matter if all wealth is gone, no matter if kindred and friends leave me, no matter if houses burn, no matter if bombs go off, there are some certain things in my future that will never, never fade away. I will see Christ. I will find the place. I will see him in a point in time. And I've got a promise. He says, I'll preserve you until I get you there. Listen to what he says. Who through faith, in verse 5, you who have this inheritance are being shielded through faith by God's power until the coming of this salvation. I used to not want to be a Christian. One of the biggest reasons was I thought you had to be perfect, as I said. And I knew I couldn't live it. Why go up in front of all those people and make a profession over something you were going to bail out within a month? I knew the first temptation I'd wash out. And I didn't want to do that. So why even get started? Because I thought living for God was gritting your teeth, saying no to sin. But it seemed like everything that was fun when I was a kid was a sin. And I thought, well, I'll make a deal with you, God. I'll give you my body about 79 and a half when I'm dying. And my body can't do any more sin. I'll say, all to Jesus, I surrender. <laughs> you know, this big gift you want to give God. We usually give him the messes we make. And I just didn't want to get started. Because we believed in backsliding a lot. And we did a lot of it. We lost our salvation about four times before we finally got, got it that stuck. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe you don't. Maybe you're backslid. You haven't decided if you're going to go or not. But I was afraid to get started. Because I was not told much that God keeps those that he has the inheritance for. He, this word in the Greek is he garrisons. He assigns soldiers, is the term. To garrison you, watch over you, you are kept by what? God's power or your power? Can God keep you in enemy territory? Yes. By the way, the devil isn't running the universe. He's a created being that God makes him do what he says. Know that. In the book of Job, the devil is routed and made to look like a fool because his plan was thwarted. At the cross, his plan was defeated. And the devil's plan for your life will be defeated by the power of God. 
God is keeping his own. I need that as a part of my hope. Think of this. You know, it's Sunday night. Let's imagine. I got saved. Woo! I'm going to heaven. Yes. They grow up like I did. Three weeks later, I sinned. I don't, are you saved? I don't know. I think I lost it. Okay. Uh, uh, well, you know, heaven's real. Yeah, but I'm not sure I'm going. If God can't guarantee me that he's going to keep me, I don't care that there's a heaven. I'm still not going to make it. But he said, I'm not only reserving your inheritance, I'm going to protect you so that you get to inherit it. That's hope. That's hope. How long have you been a Christian? 38 years for me. And you know how long I'm going to be a Christian? Forever. Yeah, you heard it. Forever. Yeah, well, I would, when one man told me that one time when I was getting ready to be kicked out of the denomination, he said, uh, hey, that sounds cocky to me. You sound arrogant, young man. You will fall. I said, I didn't say what I'd do. I said what he said he would do. He said he'd keep me. Can he? If he can't, you don't have much hope. Heaven's wonderful, but you're not going to see it because you're going to flub about 10 yards outside the gate. Trip, send him back. I know I'm saved forever. Let me tell you four things about this hope. This hope endures even though we have trials here. Becoming a Christian is not being delivered from trials in this life. Matter of fact, you might have more now that you're a Christian than before. That's right. I used to always think if you got saved, that meant immunity from health problems, financial problems, and everybody liked you. I found out that's not true. I heard a guy give a testimony before I was saved. I was really did great. Since I've been saved, three automobile accidents and, you know, nobody likes me and bad breath besides. <laughs> Everything had gone wrong. God didn't promise you immunity from problems. Look what he says in verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief. I thought you had hope. We do. But we have grief too. In all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Our hope keeps lasting through the trials through the sick ward, through the tough times. I've got a shepherd that goes with me through the shadows, but he didn't say there would be no shadows. I've got someone that said, I'll go through the trial. And you're listening to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. As we close out our broadcast today, we would invite you to contact us let us know how the program encourages you in Christ and how this program is being used by you on a daily basis. Are we just a normal part of your radio listening? Do you tap into our resources available at our website? Have you visited our church? These are things we would love to hear from you. Take a moment. Call or write to us today. Our phone number is 855 833 
Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. You're also welcome to visit our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Take advantage of the resource materials I mentioned a moment ago. We have several. Again, truthfortodayradio.org. You'll also find information about Valley Bible Church right there as well, who we are, what we believe, worship times, services, and directions to the church. We'd love to have you join us, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Again, that's truthfortodayradio.org. If you're writing to us, our address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. And then, as we conclude our time together today, we would invite you to join us for our Valley Bible Church Men's Conference, Walking to Win. You know, life is a journey, and how you get through it matters. Abiding in Him makes all the difference in the world. This series will be taken from John chapter 15, and again, the conference is called Walking to Win. It's Friday, March 9th, Check in at 5.30, and Saturday, March 10th, with breakfast at 8 a.m. The price includes dinner Friday evening, breakfast, and lunch on Saturday, and each attendee's packet will include a free book that will be useful on your journey, a DVD, conference booklet, pen, and snacks. Again, that's Friday, March 9th, and Saturday, March 10th. The early bird special is $45 until the end of this month. After that, it's $60 a person, $30 for Saturday only. For information, simply stop by our website or give us a call. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. And you can also donate online at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. We look forward to seeing you next time we get together for another broadcast of Truth For Today. Message.